live in a fast-paced world, performance-driven society that is characterized by working long hours and enduring constant stress. Do you feel like you are constantly on the go, without time to just stop and take a rest? Like you've become too tired to properly enjoy the things that used to make you feel happy? It sounds like you've been running on an empty tank lately. It might be time for you to refuel. But the COVID-19 pandemic hasn't made life real easy for you, has it? On the contrary, as a teacher, it seems your stressors have increased threefold. Because it's not just about you. It's about your kids that you teach. They rely on you. And you love them. You do. But this job, completed with the pandemic's restrictions, is draining you. Good day, and welcome to our podcast. We are part of the Psychology Honours Group of the University of the Free State. And we are very excited to be able to talk to you about our topic. Have you ever heard of life crafting? It's a relatively new technique, born from the realms of positive psychology and expressive writing. Don't worry, we won't be asking you to write lengthy essays. But we do hope that at the end of this podcast, you'll feel just a bit more motivated. And maybe you'll even start your own life crafting journey with us. Life crafting is all about reclaiming ownership of your life. But more importantly, finding or rediscovering purpose. Your purpose. And assigning meaning to what you do. There's a beautiful Japanese word that perfectly captures the essence of life crafting. Ikigai. Which roughly translates to living a life that is worth living. Or more simply, the reason you get out of bed every day. Do you feel that you have been lacking Ikigai lately? Sometimes, we reach a point in our life where we lose sight of the why in our lives. Why did I become a teacher? Why am I helping children with disabilities? Why is this job important to me? Why am I important to these children? Well, let's work together and try to reclaim that. The very first thing I want you to do is open up your life crafting journal. On the second page, you'll find a self-reflection section. Let's go through the questions together. Firstly, what do I mean to the children in my class? Second, in what way am I contributing to their growth and lives? Third, what would they do if they did not have me to help them and teach them? And lastly, in what way my helping the children's parents. Now you are welcome to pause the podcast and answer these questions. But if not, you are more than welcome to go back to your journal whenever you have the time. Hopefully you've realized that after this reflection, just how much you mean to these children and the significant role you play in their lives and in their parents' lives. Your job is certainly not easy. And some days... It may feel overwhelming, or like your efforts are just not appreciated and rewarded as much. But even in difficulty, stressful times, hold on to the thought that you are irreplaceable to these children, and what you do for them makes a difference. We've been doing a lot of reflecting these past few minutes, so how about we get into some of the nitty-gritty of life crafting? There are five possible steps you can follow to start your life crafting. These are, number one, 
reflecting on your purpose. Number two, rediscovering your passions and values. Number three, reflecting on your current resources. Number four, writing down specific goals and how to obtain them. And finally, number five, publicly committing to your goals and purpose. Now, that sounds like a lot, right? But we'll go through each step with you and give you some tips on how to apply each point in your own life. While listening, you're more than welcome to follow along in your booklet. So, are you ready to start your life crafting journey? Now, discovering your passions and values. What is passion? It can be like a fiery yearning to do something specific. On the less extreme side, being passionate simply means being able to express joy or pleasure in what you do. A lot of research has shown how having passion for your job is linked with attaching a positive meaning to what you do at work. In some cases, having passion can serve as a buffer against stress through feelings such as pride and joy. So how can you reignite your passion for your work? Think about the impact that you have. You already touched on this earlier during our self-reflection. Why is what you do important? And what meaningful difference do you make in the lives of the children you work with? Try to re-experience your old enthusiasm. You can do this by thinking back to what motivated you to become a teacher in the first place. And what made you feel excited about the job. Think about some of the challenges you're currently facing at work. These challenges can get frustrating, but they can be opportunities for positive change and growth too. So think of a challenge as something to overcome, rather than something bearing you from your happiness. Work shouldn't be your only passion, however. You can develop other passions as well, like hobbies that you can practice outside of work. Spending time doing other things that you enjoy allows you to recharge. Now the best way to go about these tips and everything else that will be discussed is to write it down. This is because simply thinking about it is not always enough. Research has shown that by writing down things like your wishes, your goals or feelings allow them to manifest in your life and makes it more real. This is also why we designed the booklet for you. So, what are your values? Your personal values and beliefs are meant to align with your life's purpose. For example, your values and beliefs revolve around caring and helping for others. Then, being a teacher aligns with your values, even more so when you are working with children with disabilities. When your job is an embodiment of your personal values, it is easier to feel passionate about it. Now there is a space in your booklet where you can write down some of your values and passions. You are welcome to pause the podcast and do so now or come back to it later. Okay, now let's take a moment to talk about our personal resources. We all have certain resources that assist us in dealing with stress. These can be physical objects that we treasure, like a song you listen to when you are feeling low, or it can be a certain social condition. For example, you can take comfort in knowing you have a job. More importantly, you possess certain inner qualities 
that have aided you throughout your life in dealing with difficulties. Perhaps you are able to see the positive in most situations. Or you are a very good planner, which helps you manage your time. Your passion is a resource too. Maybe you are able to see the positive in most situations. Or you are a very good planner, which helps you manage your time. Your passion is also a resource. But these resources can get depleted. Or the strength in protecting us against stress can weaken. You might find this happening in your own life now. But these resources can get depleted. Or their strength in protecting us from stress can weaken. You might find that this is happening in your own life right now. It then becomes important to protect and maintain your resources or to acquire new ones. During these uncertain times, one resource that is especially important for you to maintain is your routine. To retain some sense of normalcy, you can think of your teaching, whether in the classroom or remotely, as a continuation of your routine. I hope you still have your pen handy because you're about to do a bit of writing again. Take a look at your resource toolbox section in your booklet. A psychological resource that I would like to bring to your attention is resilience. As previously mentioned, life crafting revolves around finding purpose and meaning in your life, recognizing that you deserve to be happy and that your values and passions are worth prioritizing. But life isn't always so simple, is it? We all get overwhelmed at times, but what is more important is how we bounce back from these difficulties. This is what we call being resilient. Resilience can be crafted over time, like a skill. By embarking on this life crafting journey, you are rediscovering your values, passions, and your existing resources, which all contribute to developing resilience. So, what else can you do to craft your own resilience? Think of it as building a house that will shelter you against most of the stressors in life. A four-factor model of resilience provides the foundation of this house. These factors are physical, psychological, social, and spiritual well-being. You are welcome to complete your resource toolbox as you go through the different parts of it. Now, let's dive into these four factors and see how you can apply it to your own life. So, firstly, physical well-being is all about being healthy. Whether it's just taking a walk around the house, around your block, or a full workout session. Being physically active can make you feel better and can even energize your mind. And no one is expecting you to jump in and follow expensive diets all of a sudden. Simply eating homemade meals and ensuring you are getting the necessary nutrients helps maintain your physical health, which means you will have more energy to spend on other challenges. But there's another aspect of physical well-being, which is your environment. Sometimes a change of scenery can make the world's difference. Whether it's just finding a new sunny spot in the house where you can do your work, or redecorating your classroom a bit, changing up your environment can give you a fresher perspective. Now that your body's taken care of, you can move on to the second factor, which is psychological well-being. 
What psychological resources do you think you have? Think about your own inequalities and strengths. I previously mentioned being optimistic and a good planner as examples. So what do you think your strengths are? Okay, now I'd like to suggest something that might sound a bit funny. Having a good sense of humor. The trick is to learn how to use humor to combat stress. A good place to start is by watching a good comedy movie every now and then. Other than that, doing fun things with the family or with friends. Like playing games. This can help you adapt a more humoristic approach to life. There's a whole section in your booklet dedicated to humor. So go have a look and don't forget to have a laugh. This brings us to the next aspect, which is social well-being. Feelings of isolation or loneliness are things many people may have struggled with during this pandemic. Maintaining contact with those who are close to you ensures that you have the necessary support. Friends and family need not be our only source of social contact. You can find pleasure in interacting with your fellow teachers or even with the learners in your class. Feelings that you are supported and surrounded by people who care for you and who are facing the same difficulties tend to contribute to your resilience. The final aspect is your spiritual well-being. This takes us back to our main theme of finding meaning and purpose. Spirituality can refer to practicing your religion or it can also refer to the condition of your soul. A resilient spirit is a spirit that is physically, socially and emotionally well. It also has a sense of purpose. If you want, you can pause the podcast and take some time to work in your resource toolbox while the ideas are still fresh in your mind. Or if you would prefer, you can always come back and do so later. Now, a lot has been said and you might be wondering, how am I going to do all of this? Part of the journey of life crafting is to try and bring some order to the chaos, to organize your thoughts and the various aspects of your life. The way forward is paved by setting goals for yourself. I would like for you to turn to the diagram labeled CPR framework under the goal setting section. An important goal is to find what is called the sense of presence. To be present means that you are immersed in doing something that is relevant to your life, within your capacity to do so, and that you are passionate about. Capacity is all about setting realistic goals that are within your capacity to do so. If a specific goal seems to be taxing at a time when the capacity it requires is something you lack, you might consider setting the goal aside for a time when you feel better, or you can try breaking the goal up into smaller, more manageable goals that seem less daunting when handled one by one. We have already dealt with passion in relation to your work. So, what does it have to do with your goals? Well, if you don't find the goal important or meaningful, then you might feel reluctant to spend time and energy, which you already have little of, on completing your goal. Set goals for yourself that are related to work, but also set personal goals relating to your everyday life. For example, 
committing to reading a chapter of your favorite book every day, or setting a time and hour for me time. Work goals should be driven by your passion and the importance of what you do. Personal goals should be driven by your personal passions and the importance of recharging. Don't be ashamed of making it a goal to take care of yourself. And finally, we get relevance. Your work goals should be relevant to your school and community, to the learners you work with and their parents. Your personal goals should be relevant to you and to your friends and family. Can you see how work and personal goals overlap? Your work goals might be to be the best, most present teacher that you can be for your learners. But in order to become that teacher, you need to take care of yourself and your well-being, which forms part of your personal goals. Yes, that's right. Self-care is not an excuse. It's a necessity. You need to take care of yourself so that you can be in a position where you can properly take care of others. Your current teaching arrangement at school means that every now and then you have a week you don't have to go to the school, and this provides the perfect opportunity to focus on some of your personal goals. Like before, you can pause the podcast to write down some of your goals. Remember to keep your goals relevant, your capacity, and your passions in mind when you do so. As things in life have a tendency of doing, we have now come full circle, and we turn to the topic at hand, Ikigai. Or your purpose. First, let's take a breath and let everything that's been said sink in by reflecting on it. How do all of these concepts we've talked about connect to finding your purpose? So firstly, finding out what we are passionate about is important because we should feel passionate about our purpose. Our purpose should also be based on our personal values. Secondly, by maintaining existing resources and acquiring new ones, we are also maintaining and acquiring the energy we need to work towards our purpose. Thirdly, resilience is an important personal resource to have, and it is in a two-way relationship with your purpose. Having a purpose contributes to your resilience and being resilient helps you keep a hold on your purpose despite adversity. Fourth, only having a purpose is not enough. A sense of purpose should go hand in hand with actions and behaviors. This is where goal setting comes in. Your goals can be seen as stepping stones towards reaching your life's ultimate goal. Which is your purpose? And you can think of your purpose as a goal you can work towards, but also continuously achieve throughout your life. The work may never end, but the joy and the significance you derive from acting out your purpose never ends or fades either. Isn't it an exciting thought to think that you can always have a sense of purpose guiding you, that you can always lead a significant existence, one that holds meaning for you, but that means something 
to other people as well. Like the learners in your class. And you know what else is exciting? You are currently playing a role in helping these young children find a meaning in their own lives. How great is that? You are bearing witness to young souls starting off their own life crafting journey and you can guide them along the way. However, you don't have to limit yourself to just one purpose. You can have more than one. And your purpose is not set in stone. It can also change. Your purpose as a teacher may change from being someone who helps learners strive for academic achievement to becoming a teacher who inspires your learners, acting as a caregiver and a guiding hand in life. This is why it is important to make time to reflect on your life's goals. If you do not reflect on and rediscover your changing purpose, you may lose sight of it completely. Then, even your goals may seem meaningless, and your personal resources may not be enough to keep you happy or motivated. Here is a simple suggestion to help you reflect on your purpose. Draw a life-crafting mind map. Now, who said that the strategies we teach our kids can't apply to us as well? You'll find a template that we've designed for you in your booklet, and I will go through it with you. In the middle, write down your current purpose. Below this, shortly write down some of your personal values and beliefs. Your available resources should also have a branch on your mind map. In this way, you can see whether the resources you possess and that are available to you are enough to support you. Maybe some areas are a bit lacking. And what can you do to increase these resources? Now you may add another branch for your goals. You can divide this into work-related and personal goals. You may also want to add side branches for the smaller goals that your main goals are breaking down into. Draw a branch that states what your work is and what it entails. How does it align with your purpose and values? And a final branch is action. Here, you can write down some of the things that you are already doing that contribute to your goals and align with your purpose. You can also reflect on and write what other things there are that you can start doing that will benefit both you and those around you. Now, that was quite a mouthful, and it seems we've reached the end of our podcast. But it certainly is not the end of your life crafting journey. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you, dear teacher, for the wonderful work that you are doing. You might not be the first line of defense against this pandemic, but you are one of the most important lines of defense in the lives of the children that you work with. You provide a safe space for them in your classroom, and your job goes beyond teaching them how to perform academically. You also equip them with the skills that will aid them later in life and as they grow up. Remember this. Remember how significant the work is that you do. Now I know it will not take your exhaustion away. 
but it will make everything, even your struggle, more worthwhile. We all appreciate you, and we are sure that your learners and their parents appreciate you as well. Let's end off on a positive note, or rather, a positive quote, by Christian D. Larson. Believe in all yourself, and all that you are. Know that there is something inside you that is greater than any obstacle.